Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip. This episode is brought to you in part by The Good Book Company, publisher of Does the Bible Affirm Same-Sex Relationships? by Rebecca McLaughlin, a book that examines 10 claims about the Bible's view of sexuality. Go to thegoodbook.com slash sexualethics to receive 25% off with code CT25. Welcome to Questions and Ethics with Russell Moore where we apply the gospel of the kingdom to cultural issues and your questions about the Christian life. Today's question is, To help the pastors in the room think through when they're dealing with the topic of divorce and remarriage in their churches, what are some framework principles that they can have in terms of who they should marry, who they should remarry, what people are qualified for divorce, those types of things. Help them think through well, that. Well, a pastor has to work through what do I think are the biblically acceptable grounds for divorce and for remarriage, if he thinks there are any? He's got to work that through. And I think the time to work that through isn't when you're sitting there with Bob and Martha. The time to work this through is at the very beginning of your ministry. Uh, it's something I always ask in ordination councils, because that's the time to talk about this is at the ordination council, when you're not dealing with specific faces, you're not dealing with specific uh, power dynamics in the congregation, you're saying, what does the Bible say, and are you going to commit your life to that? So he's got to have that understanding. Secondly, he's got to preach about this, to stand up and say, this is what the Scripture says about divorce uh, and about remarriage, so that he can not only prevent some people by the power of, of God's Holy Spirit from divorcing, but also so that he can give people who have divorced and perhaps have remarried unbiblically the opportunity to have the liberating power of repentance. Uh, if you don't address it, and what we think is, I don't want to address this issue because I have people who are in this situation and I don't want to hurt them, so I'm not going to address it. I'm not going to address it because I'm going to bring up something. The only way that the Scripture gives us to actually be free of something is to confess it, to repent of it, and to reconcile. And so if you don't address it, all you're doing is leaving people under the condemnation of their own consciences or perhaps the accusation of Satan. You, you're, you have to give people the ability to say, what must we do now? And then to be able to walk them, to walk them through that. So I've dealt with this many times where I've had a couple who've come up and they've said, you know, we both divorced unbiblically other people. We're now married to each other. We were wrong. We were sinning when we divorced our, our previous spouses. We didn't have biblical grounds to do that. So what do we do now? Uh, I had a couple who said, should we divorce and then go and try to reconcile with our, our future spouses? And I said, so you're asking me if the way you repent of divorce is by divorcing each other, abandoning each other, and going and splitting up the marriages that have now happened with those previous spouses. No, 
That's not the answer to that. The answer to that is to confess. If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and then to live faithfully from that point forward. But that that means having that sense of recognizing my sin against God and repenting of that. I think that has to happen. And I think we, we have to have people who are willing to acknowledge that, including publicly in our own congregations. And one of the things I think that we have lost and it's really, it's really bad that we've lost it, is in a lot of congregations anyway, that sense of public testimony. I understand why we've lost it. I mean, I, I grew up in a church where for a little while there, it, it became a competition between people who were trying to show just how bad they were off before they met Christ. And so the one guy stands up, I was drunk every single weekend. And I met Jesus, the next guy, you know, Ronnie said he was drunk every weekend. I, I wish that I'd just been drunk. I was on horse tranquilizers and that didn't even do anything. You know, it becomes to the point where this isn't, this isn't healthy or, or right. Um, but there is something really important about a gospel-driven sort of testimony, not where someone stands up and says the verbal equivalent of it was there by faith, I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. But when that person stands up and says, this is who I was, I was crucified with Christ and the spirit is at work in me in seeking to fight and to war against this uh, in my own life right now. That's a word of hope uh, that we need to give uh, to other people. And I think having people to stand up and say, I was wrong when I left my wife. I was wrong when I left my children. I was wrong when I walked away from my husband. I sinned against God and I sinned against them. And there's nothing I can do to go back and to rectify that. But I want you to know that I stand here as someone who confesses and agrees with God that that was wrong. But the blood of Christ is able to cleanse every sin, including this one. I think we need to say that. If you'd like to submit a question, email us at questions at erlc.com. That's questions at erlc.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook, use the hashtag AskRDM. Thanks for listening to the Questions and Ethics podcast with Russell Moore. To check out future broadcasts, subscribe via iTunes or visit us on erlc.com. This episode was brought to you in part by The Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.